Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Everyone's happy, safe, and well. I uh, want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. In this series, we talk to the brand leaders about what they're seeing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Lori Strasberg. She's the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Preferred Hotels and Resorts. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today, Lori. How are you? I'm well and happy to be here. So thanks for inviting me to participate. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak. And first off, we'd love to start these on a more personal level, get to know the individuals we're speaking with. So would love to know a little bit more about you, your current role, and maybe some previous positions you've held that kind of shaped uh, your path. And also maybe a fun fact or passion you may have outside of work. Okay, sounds good. So I, uh, I got into the hospitality space in early 2002 and joined Starwood Hotels not long after 9-11. Our CEO, Barry Sternlicht, ever the contrarian, invested in building a travel company just when everyone else was cutting back after travel really receded post 9-11. I was at Starwood for quite some time and did a number of roles, including running brand management for Sheraton Hotels and Tribute Hotels, and building the field marketing team, which was like an internal digital agency serving our hotels that we launched in the very, very early days of the internet. Um, Not long after Marriott acquired Starwood, I joined Marriott as part of the launch team for Marriott Bonvoy. And that was a really exciting experience. It was the first time I really went deep into the loyalty space. And of course, there was so much passion, both from Starwood preferred guest members, as well as Marriott Rewards members regarding where the program was going to go. Um, So we had a lot of fun launching that. It was an exciting time. And then COVID hit. So uh, things really slowed down in the travel business. Um, And then I joined Preferred Hotels about a year ago. So currently I lead marketing which includes digital partnerships, portfolio marketing, and of course, loyalty. Um, So in terms of my passions, of course, travel is is one of them, not surprisingly. Um, Some of my others are my family and my habit of shopping online endlessly for furniture that I never buy. That's good. It's good to have passions uh, (laughs) like those for sure. Uh, Total waste of time, but I have fun with it. it. It's always good to look and... Uh, and not to buy. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was out there. So uh, um, it, 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 uh, yeah, that's good. So when you look at Preferred Hotels and Resorts, a uh, very unique organization, uh, upscale uh, hotel offering. For those who may not be familiar with Preferred Hotels and Resorts, can you give us a brief overview of what you guys do, how you do it, and, and, and who you do it with? Sure. So actually, we expanded the company and we're now called Preferred Travel Group, which includes preferred hotels, as well as a sustainable brand called Beyond Green. We also own Historic Hotels of America and Historic Hotels Worldwide and have really expanded in consulting services. We really function in the luxury space. The company was founded in 1968, so we've been around for quite some time, and it really began with 12 independent luxury hotels as a cross-referral organization. Um, Over the decades, the company evolved and created a new organization, adding representation in sales, marketing, and technology resources, 
and continued to add hotels as the value of that offering really became apparent and the need for scale also became apparent to these independent luxury hotels. Um, in 2004, the company became owned and operated by the Uberoth family, who have a really deep history in the travel business and have really built incredible relationships, both with all of our hotels, as well as outside our company, um, but throughout the travel business. Okay. Your customer loyalty program, I prefer, uh, is a, a very significant program. Uh, can you give us an overview how the program works, uh, how members engage with it, and what are the benefits? Sure. Um, so I prefer is our loyalty program where members can enjoy benefits from really the minute they join. Um, so unlike a lot of other loyalty programs, of course, you earn points uh, beginning with your very first day, but you also get free Wi-Fi and you're eligible for upgraded rooms when they're available again from your very first day. So that is a little bit different. Um, we do award points that can be redeemed for room nights or that you can combine with cash. Um, we also offer reward certificates that can be redeemed during your stay. So if somebody has a lower points balance, maybe not enough um, for a room, they can redeem those for credit um, for a future stay um, on anything really on their folio. We also recently added a super interesting benefit called Key Access. It's for members only and it offers really incredible deals. It requires a pretty small points balance and you add cash to that, um, but even one, with one stay, a member should have enough points to take advantage of that program. Okay, and key access, is it, uh, can you give us a little more detail on that? It's, is, is it product, is it services that, that, that they can engage with? Yeah, so key access is for rooms. Okay. So again, we're a luxury portfolio. Um, we do lean toward leisure. So unlike a lot of programs that are really focused on the road warrior who's logging 20, 30, 40 st stays a year, um, our program is really targeted toward high-end leisure. And by definition, they don't take tons of trips. So they earn points, but they're not necessarily generating that frequency. So we want to make sure that for people who are, you know, spending a thousand, two thousand dollars to stay with us, that there is something valuable for them that they can redeem for. So with key access, uh, it's a host of hotels in our portfolio. Again, you don't need a ton of points to be able to redeem there. It's a cash and points offering, but the cash that's required does make it a really amazing deal, unlike, you know, publicly, a lot of publicly available rates. That's awesome. And I think that's uh, uh, a great uh, realization that you have that your customers are different. So the road, the road warrior is going to have significantly different needs and interests, right? Maybe wanting yeah. an upgrade, maybe wanting some, uh, you know, offers at, at uh, check-in or some recognition, but uh, personalization is a big piece, and it sounds like you have a great uh, understanding, an in-depth understanding of your customers. So that's yeah. good. It's a, yeah, it's a different need. Again, these are high-end hotels, so um, members are spending a lot of money on a single stay, and we want to make sure they get rewarded for that. Excellent. Uh, partnerships are a, uh, a, a significant area of interest for our members of Loyalty 360. We actually have a partnership uh, committee that meets and it discusses best practices. So when you look at 
partnerships, what do they mean to preferred hotels and resorts uh, and how do you approach them traditionally? So partnerships are immensely important to us. Um, They're really a way that we can help our brand and our hotels be exposed to a wider qualified audience. So we work closely with American Express, MasterCard, Visa. Uh, We also work with some luxury lifestyle partners. And we do have a few on the horizon, but I can't talk about them yet. But we are excited for what's coming in 2024 and how we'll round out the partners that we're working with. Okay. Uh, again, with some of the things that we see from a partnership perspective is there's a kind of a clarion call right now to simplify uh, yes. partnerships within uh, the, the travel and hospitality arena in general as well. When you look at uh, you know your approach, how are you looking to potentially simplify or more align the partnerships with your customers? Um, well, the way that we work with partners, it really depends on the partner and the market and what the opportunity looks like on both sides. But to your point, everything has to make sense to the consumer, especially with the loyalty space being as saturated as it is, everything has to resonate for them on an intuitive level. So uh, one of the things that we're doing um, at the time we introduced our tier names, Insider, Explorer and Elite, Uh, They really fit the brand very well, but we came to realize that consumers don't really understand that naming. So we are renaming our tiers um, to more of an industry standard, maybe not as sexy, but again, makes the program a lot easier for our hotels to deliver as well as for our members to understand. We're always looking at ways to simplify at the same time that we add more and more value to the program. Excellent. When you look at travel, uh, very emotive and personal, uh, you know, how does the employee loyalty uh, approach or what does employee loyalty mean into uh, how does it factor into the customer loyalty efforts of uh, the program? Yeah. So Preferred is a really interesting and different company um, in that way. And our brand is truly about emotion. So not just the emotion of the traveler and how special they want that stay to be, particularly in a high service luxury hotel. But the company is owned by a family and treats our associates like family. They, The Ubroth family has a deep and personal connection to travel And many of our hotels around the world choose to be part of Preferred because of the personal connection that is such a focus for us. Our hotels are really the opposite of the big box hotels. So many of them are family owned and run. They're coveted destinations in and of themselves. They all love what they do. They put the heart in hospitality and they love the personal connection and the personal touch of being part of Preferred. Excellent. Uh, there was a great deal of discussion with regard to customers, customers changing, evolving, changing going into COVID, now changing going out of COVID, and travel was significantly impacted during COVID. You know, how do you see your customers changing coming out of COVID? What are you seeing? Well, it was certainly an interesting time, and I think there were impacts of COVID that were temporary in nature and impacts that we believe will be permanent in nature. 
And one of those changes that we believe will, will be permanent is the shift to how consumers prioritize travel. We all saw a huge bump in, you know, what's known as revenge travel. So everybody came out of COVID and they were going to travel come hell or high water. But what we're seeing longer term is that people are not willing to give up travel ever again. They'll give up almost anything else before their special trip or their opportunity to see another part of the world or be with friends and family. So I think we really will see an ongoing prioritization of cutting almost any other kind of discretionary spend before you skip your trip. Excellent. What's the future for hospitality and travel? You know, are you seeing uh, trends that could be potential game changers? Well, this probably won't be a big surprise, but I think we're all assuming that AI will drive huge changes in how people research and plan travel. Of course, all of our companies in the space are working out the kinks. The tools aren't quite perfect, um, but I think ultimately the expectation is that an AI program should really be able to assist travelers in planning a trip under their parameters and have that platform do a pretty decent job in planning. Um, I think we're all expecting AI to enable predictive personalization end-to-end, -end, among other things. And that is really going to up the expectation for travel companies to know who you are and provide a customer experience that's personalized to you. It's been discussed for years, but it does seem that the technology is, is finally almost here. Um, but it's something I think everybody in the space is keeping their eye on. Um, set, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to keep going. <laughs> so the, the other thing that is increasingly front and center is sustainability. Another thing that's been discussed for a long time but with all the, cri the crises around climate that we've experienced, particularly this summer, um, we're going to see more and more environmental consciousness, as well as interest in um, destinations that are not as subject to climate change. So I think we'll see a lot more people choosing Norway instead of Greece in the summer. Uh, those kinds of choices will be impacted by climate change. Excellent. And when you look at those changes, if someone has so much uh, threshold capacity at Greece and all of a sudden they're going to Norway, that's going to take uh, some planning on your part as well to be able to price and offer and make sure you have the right products uh, there as well, correct? Yeah, well, fortunately for us, we do have pretty good uh, penetration in Scandinavia. But yeah, it, it affects how we market. And again, with understanding the customer which hotels and which destinations we should put in front of them across uh, the channels where they interact with us. Yeah, it's interesting. We just uh, had a discussion with one of our, our cruise members and they seeing the same thing, right? Because there's yeah. a big pushback right now in the Caribbean, the Bahamas. They don't want the bigger ships. They're start starting to restrict them, which will have impacts, obviously, on those who offer the services or the extras on the island. But you also see a lot of uh, cruise lines now kind of buying islands, right, to do their own yeah. thing. <laughs> Some of those restrictions. It's, it's yes. very interesting times for sure. Yeah, it's a really transformational time in travel, no question about it. Excellent. Are there other programs uh, that you are personally loyal to that, that you admire? 
So in terms of programs I admire, you know, one that was super interesting recently was Delta. So of course, everyone was crazy about Delta's program. They then made some changes that were fairly dramatic. Um, So they had really differentiated themselves and provided a true human touch to help members and offered members a ton of value, which as we all know, they then announced they were changing. Um, One thing that I really admire was that they recognized how unhappy their members were with those changes and rolled them back. And that's really what a loyalty program should do is be responsive to their members um, and move away from transactional loyalty into a real commitment um, to those members. I'm also a big fan of Amazon Prime. Um, at the time they introduced Prime Video, honestly, to me, it seemed like a real disconnect, yet in making it a core part of their value proposition, it's really a benefit that scales like crazy. So you can add more and more members without adding more cost. And when you can do that in loyalty, it just really increases the value proposition. So I think they've been incredibly smart about what they've done with Amazon Prime. Dan, it's interesting. uh, You mentioned Delta and kind of the extreme blowback they got around customer loyalty. There is a big push to to revalue programs right now. Brands are looking at their uh, consumer value propositions to make sure they're aligned. But I think there's a disconnect sometimes, some dissonance in what the brand wants and what the consumer wants. And radical changes like that uh, can have, you know, deleterious impacts to the brand. I know, uh, 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 you know, JetBlue and others jumped on the chance to kind of market against that. But you mentioned Amazon as well. They did the same thing. They made some changes into their seller program, how they were charging fees uh, for some of their uh, kind of, uh, you know, the, the people that, that provide them a product. And they had to change that a couple of weeks back as well. So extreme blowback. And it's great to hear that voice of the customer can have that impact because that's what customer loyalty should be focused on. Yeah, I mean, emotional connection is a really huge part of loyalty. And the the other thing, of course, that we've seen a ton of is points devaluation. So I'm proud to say that Preferred has not done that. So our points are, you know, especially with rising ADRs, our points are worth more than ever. And we have no plans to devalue our points. So uh I know other loyalty programs have been trying to increase their profitability by doing that. We have no plans to take that approach. Well, again, there, when you do devalue your points, I think you have to look at and be cognizant of the changes that could come forth, right? So there's a big discussion right now with regard to getting people, obviously, to move up tiers to get more engaged with the brand. But if the the consumer value proposition is not aligned and you make draconian changes to it, it can have a pretty significant impact with the program. And we see that time and time again in our membership. It's a a big area of of, of, uh, discussion, let's say. For sure. Yeah. So when you look at uh, your customer loyalty program, your team, your efforts, what can Loyalty360 do to help you and your team? Well, I always love hearing about and understanding what other loyalty players are doing and how they're thinking about differentiating and evolving what loyalty means. Everyone offers points, we do as well, but how do you build upon that to create, as we talked about, emotional connection and something that really does feel distinctive? Um, With Preferred, again, we're fortunate that we have such beautiful hotels and aspirational hotels. So uh, it does make it easy when we can put a hotel in front of a member and they understand their ability to access that hotel 
um, as being part of our program. Um, other things, of course, as we talked about a little bit before this call, understanding privacy regulations and other restrictions um, in a crowded space, program stickiness is really important. And as privacy regulations tighten up, you, owning your channels and owning your data um, is super important. So understanding how other loyalty programs are approaching that. And it's always fun to know what, you know, what other programs are thinking about how to become truly special and memorable, particularly outside the travel space, because so much inspiration can really be found there and then applied in our space. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things we do. We try to do uh, very well is we do a research topic every month, but we bring brands together on a fairly uh, regular cadence to talk about the challenges that they're having, whether it's privacy, emotional loyalty, uh, you know, next generation customer loyalty metrics, uh, and the, the interest in the community of sharing versus not sharing. Uh, the reticence has kind of went away and brands are very interested in, in kind of elevating and discussing because I think that helps others understand what's working and what's not working versus viewing everything as secret sauce of proprietary, which is which right. is great to see for the industry. Yeah, I think that's right. Excellent. And now we have our quick fire <laughs> question session. Uh, looking forward to these. Uh, what is your favorite word? So I love these questions because they really make me think. <laughs> so my favorite word, uh, both in business and personally, is growth. Excellent. What is your least favorite word? Uh, my least favorite word is can't. Okay. Uh, there's an interesting book out right now, uh, Magic Words by Jonah Berger. Uh, he's a, a professor at the Wharton School. He said you should never use can't. You should always use don't because can't implies uh, there's, a, there's an element of blame, right? Where don't is a internal locus control. So Completely sidebar, I highly recommend the book. It just came out two weeks ago. Amazing book, probably the best book I've ever read in the business world by far. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the word can't, anything's possible. It's just a matter of time and resources. So prioritization is important, but you always can, or I should say, almost always can do something if you're willing to invest in it. Yeah, interesting. What excites you? So I love trying new things and having new adventures, um, even when they're scary. <laughs> I tried skydiving, canyoning, um, a few things like that, and often been terrified, but always thankful in the end that I pushed myself outside my comfort zone. What do you find tiresome? Uh, people complaining. What is your favorite travel destination? So my favorite place that I've been is New Zealand. I went there on my honeymoon and I just found it so friendly and full of adventure and natural beauty. And of course, they did have a female prime minister with a baby. So maybe someday the U.S. will do the same. Excellent. Uh, what profession other than the one you're in currently would you like to attempt? So I love what I'm doing now. So I had to really think about this. Um, I think it would be super fun to be a guide for international trips, um, just to have people experience the world and experience the wonder of new places and meeting new people. Um, it's just such a, a special thing to experience and sharing that with others and guiding others to that, I think would be a ton of fun. Excellent. 
what profession would you avoid? Anything having to do with blood and guts. Okay. Uh, who inspired you to become the person you are today? So this was a little bit later in life, I suppose, but my husband has had a huge influence on me and he, he really prioritizes people family and friends above all else. And being with him has just shown me how meaningful that can be. Uh, what do you typically think about at the end of the day? So I think about how quickly I can get outside, especially on the days that I'm on a million calls back to back. Um, that's also when I walk the dog and she's very patient waiting for me all day. So I'm always happy to see her excitement to be able to get out with me. Excellent. And what do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered by your friends and family? So that that's a really sad question in some ways. So hopefully being remembered is still a long way away. Um, but I'd love to be known as someone who really kept my fire and my passion uh, throughout my old age. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today, Lori. It was uh, great getting to know you and also getting uh, to know more about the I Prefer program. Look forward to hearing more from you and the team in uh, the coming years. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, here's looking forward to a lot of news coming your way from our program in 2024 and beyond. Excellent. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen today. Make sure you join us back for another edition of the Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. And until then, have a wonderful day.